Hello, beautiful humans. We got uh, Dan here. Yep. And we got Grace and Chance. All right. Thank you so much. Portraits is the album. Uh, we are briefly talking about you being okay and down to pay for Dan's hair to be dyed. <laughs> yes. And in return, you just want friendship. Are you at a place in your life again now that Portraits is blowing up and you're selling out tour stops where you feel like you need to use money to attract <laughs> friendship? No, not at all. I think, um, yeah, Dan and I, I just want to one-up you. If, if you, that's that's really that's the basis of it. If you're saying I helped Dan pay for his hair, I'm like, well, I'm gonna help Dan pay for something else, and then, you know, I want blackmail on Zach saying, and I got it. That's my end goal. Uh, it's an even trade. That's I, what I need. I'm really nervous about any type of blackmail that you claim to have, Dan. That mm-hmm. that really freaks me. I out. might have a few secrets about you too. I'm trying to think if I do. Oh, oh geez. Ooh, wow, share them if Whoa. you can figure them out. Yeah. Grayson, you are a good friend for many reasons. <laughs> you call me out on my texting nonsense. Yes. Which I respect. And I need more of my life. I think a lot of people are yes. afraid to call me out on the little the little and big things that I do. Yeah. What were you pissed at me for? Well, so here's the thing. So, like, I'm the type of person where, you know, Zach and I have known each other for a long, long, long time. Yeah. And so I met up. Zach and I like rekindled our friendship because I was spending more time in LA right when we started writing the record and we meet up, we have dinner, we hang out, you know, we're doing all the things and he's, and he's a buddy. And then like so many people try to get a hold of me like on a day to day basis, right? And I have texts and I have emails I have to go through and I respond back to them. I can't get a hold of Zach saying ever, but it's, it's weird. So here's the thing is like, I'll send him like important texts about, Hey man, let's hang out. And then like, Five weeks later, he'll send me something completely random, unrelated, and then be like, here's the thing. And I'm just like, okay. But we've gotten we've gotten better to the point because now I've been like, listen, help me help you. Like, what is the best way to get in touch? And and we've been we've been doing better the past few months. But it's one of those things, like, I really I know that anytime I see you, it's okay. Like we pick it back up. I value every second I spend with you, but that really truly is a sign of a good friend and somebody who really wants to spend time with you. Somebody you're busy. Who, you're busy. I understand. Yeah, but you go, what is the best way for me to get in touch with you? Yeah. How, like what is the easiest thing that's going to get you a notification? Yeah. You, you're really welcoming and flexible. Yeah. You're a beautiful person. You know, you're, you're busy, but it's, um, you know, and me too. I only like travel to like 10 different cities throughout the week, but you know, I'm, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're doing you're change. really busy. You're you know? so much busier than him, and you have time to text him. What's your excuse, I do, Zach? Zach, but every night before I go to bed, this is this is what you have to do. Okay. Every night before you go to bed, do correspondence. Do like 15 minutes of correspondence. It will make your life so much better and so much easier. Because if you go through your text and you're like, okay, I'm going to hit back. I Maybe Dan feels neglected too, and maybe he just hasn't told you yet. Who knows, you know? <laughs> well, we don't text very often. We see each other enough, but yeah. when I text him, he actually responds pretty quickly. Well, okay, now I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, and I wanna, I cannot wait to discuss Portraits w- with you. It is a remarkable body of work. Thank you. I, really, into it. To cap this off, I have felt like I've been drowning in messages and people reaching out. And I have like over 500 unread text messages, which is really unhealthy. So I've kind of given in to the drowning. But to everybody, I will make a pact. I will swim. I will doggy <laughs> paddle my way out of this. <laughs> 
portraits. Yes. Hey, before we talk to you, and I know that this is a timed interview, but so you and I, we've been friends for a long time, as has been previously discussed. And we've talked about how excited I've been to come back on the show because I've told you when I come back, I'll actually have something to promote and it'll be exciting. So. <laughs> what? Ooh. Oh, here, here. I brought whiskey Giddy right. for us to drink. Yeah, so can I, hold on, I'm going to get up and pour Please. some whiskey. Okay. Get... Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. This is a bullet. It will put hair on your chest. I have none. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need any more of that. But, I'm a real man. Yeah, all <laughs> 92 tell. pounds of you. Oh, my God, you hear that gulp? Jeez. Oh, uh, giddy up. Thank you. Do you want any? Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I feel like I have to do this standing up. My, My publicist is secretly, like, so distraught, probably back there. Like... <laughs> no, he's thinking bullets should be paying hey, for this well, right now. Is Cheers, somebody going to make a toast? Well, well, okay. One, yeah. Grayson. Thanks. I've watched you grow in the most incredible ways. Your music has evolved. It's really it's hard to put into words the type of artist you are, what you've seen, what you've experienced in life, what you've gone through, what you've helped usher in. It's unbelievable, and to watch you rise and continue to freaking put your art out there and tell your stories, Thanks. it's really remarkable. Thanks, Never man. stop because your music has meaning and you're doing a lot of good. Cheers! Thank Love you, guys. You. Thanks Cheers for having me on the show. Love you too, man. Always. Okay. It's not bad. Oh, yeah, it's God. nice, right? Yeah. I've had worse. Oh, damn. I feel like now I need to sense their reaction. I need to be like, oh. <laughs> Zach, what do you think? Oh, God. <laughs> I can't feel my tongue. <laughs> By the way, you had double the size of the shot I just took, and you took it like a champ. Can we go through your pre-show <laughs> ritual? Because I do feel like booze is involved. Um, so lately, a, a bit, um, but in a healthy way, I think... Freddie Mercury used to have a shot of vodka before he went on uh, stage any night. And I'm actually kind of a wreck before I go on stage. I'm very, very nervous. Why? Um, I don't... It's funny. It's like the second that I get on up onto stage, I'm instantly like I zone in. And, you know, I think you saw this at the show too. Like the set is an hour and a half and it's my most fun. Like I, I love playing the show. Um, but it's like getting up to that point. I just think I'm nervous about, okay, I'm... It's a long set. Am, am I vocally going to be there? Is the crowd going to be there? All these things. You just have all these thoughts running in your mind. And so I do like five minutes before I go on, I do a shot of just room temp vodka. <laughs> Giddy up. And then I usually might have a, a drink too on top of that. But I'm not like wasted on stage. <laughs> do you want to be in a place where nerves don't happen before a show? Or do you want the nerves to exist? I almost think like it keeps me kind of sharp, right? Yeah. Like it, it sort of makes sure I'm on my game and um, and ready to go. But also, too, I think another reason why you do it, and I like remember hearing this in an interview that he did, was like, I know that when I get up on stage, people are probably already a few drinks down. They're already having a little fun. So I'm like almost feeling like, okay, I need to catch up. Yeah, mm -hmm. match them. Yeah, you know. Portraits. Beautiful album. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Obviously, a different grace and chance that sits here in front of us today yeah. from the first time I met you back in like 2011, mm -hmm. even to the last time you were on the show, I think two or three years ago. Yeah, completely changed. I oh, mean, yeah. in your mind, what is the most obvious to you, the difference between Grayson today and Grayson 
even good as gold, Grayson. Yeah. Well, I think good as gold and low, I still, you know, that was me 100%. I think, you know, the last time even I was on the show, um, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't me yet. It was just still a bit, um, I think I was in the headspace of making music for different reasons rather than just um, writing from, you know, myself and my own experiences. I still think I was in that headspace of, you know, when I started of making sure that I'm making music that's releasable and making music that's marketable and all those sorts of things. And, and I think my decision to come back now, I don't think in that way anymore. I'm just really focused on, okay, I have a voice. What do I want to say? Um, and what do, you know, how do I want this to sound? And that's just the, that's the prime focus. But what motivates the stories that you're telling? Is it your reality? Yeah. 100%. I think I've been telling people um, when they ask about the record, it's like, okay, you know, what is portraits to you? And I'm like, if you want to know how my 2018 was, you know, put on this record. It's all there um, because every song is, um, you know, it's a different snapshot. It's a different torn page from my journal of just what I went through last year. When you were making Good as Gold, would you say that is a record that lacked a sense of genuineness? No, not necessarily. I, I stand behind Good as Gold and Low. I really like those records. And those records, too, were the ones that really sort of got me my deal and got me yeah. um, back into where I am now. But it was a bit different. I think at that time, I was still just writing music. That's like right when I started my second year in college. So I was just now coming back to be like, okay, I'm, I'm writing again and it's feeling good. Um, I don't think I had a sense of where I wanted it to go. When I started writing portraits, that's like right after I had said, I'm not going to college anymore. I'd accepted my deal. I dropped out. And then I knew, okay, it's time to make it. It's time to be a big boy now. And it's time to make a record. And what does that mean? And then everything was very intentional at that but point. Those two records usher it in, obviously it gets yeah. you the deal and it gives you a chance to really understand what is, what, what does the new Grayson sound like? Yeah. Damn. You tell me, I don't know. Dude. Portraits, I want to know what story you're telling because yeah. I'm going to go a, a couple record, like record by record, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, it feels like in some moments you're talking to other people, in some moments you're talking to yourself, mm -hmm. and the record should, uh, the album, sorry, should be played top to bottom, right? Because thank you, yes, you mm -hmm. there's a story you're telling. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think this story. I think there was three themes of main inspiration from it. Um, I think the first one was transformation. Um, you know, you and I have talked privately, but when I decided to leave music and go to college, I was very content on that decision. If you had talked to me in that moment in time, I said, listen, you, I've been through a lot. I deserve this. I want to go to law school. I'm not coming back to music. It's done. I had a good run. And so this whole idea then of getting this deal and then coming back to it, that in its all in its own way. Even the first time I came back to LA after leaving college, you know, it was just, I had all these emotions. So I think transformation was a, was a big point of inspiration. Um, I thought I was going to get married last year. Um, and that didn't work out. So love and heartbreak, you know, very, very big points of influence. And I would say lastly too, I think the, um, the, one of the biggest points of inspiration for the album is redemption. Um, me wanting to make a body of work that I felt like I could really show the creative world here and just the creative world in general, music lovers, and say, 
I really think you might like this. This is your Check worst. Yeah. Do you want people to judge you based on portraits and not what's come before? I think you can listen to the music that has come before. I don't think you should um, treat it like the same artist. Um, it's just a different person completely. Um, and that's okay. But, you know, when, and I get a lot of flack for this in this press cycle, by the way, because like, you know, people have come out and been like, you can't say that, you know, that was you in this entire thing. And I look back and I'm like, think about when you were 14 and then when you turned 21 and then you're really going to give me BS over saying <laughs> it's two different artists. Come on. Now, yeah, you, you grow. Exactly. And also, in addition to that, you had a, a lot of people behind you kind of directing you and pulling you and pushing you in different yeah. creative directions that weren't necessarily always from your heart. Yeah. Well, another thing, too, that, you know, I've been saying and that is, I don't know, I think invokes a little bit of controversy, too, but I've been saying that Portraits is my debut record. And people have said, well, what about your first one? And, I, and my response is, I don't have any regrets. And it's, and it's not like I'm ashamed of that work. I'm really proud of it. You know, I was 14 years old. That was such an accomplishment. But I didn't write it. I didn't, it, it wasn't mine. You know, it was created for me. And I, you know, had maybe an opinion here and there on it. But when you're dealing with the label I was dealing with, and you know all well, and uh, yeah, I didn't, that's not my it's, record. No, it's their way or the highway. Yeah. And you had no leverage in any deal. The world yeah. needs to remember that you were literally a kid from Oklahoma yeah. who started through a YouTube video. Yeah. By the way, one of the first viral videos to ever exist. Yeah. In addition to that, you were one of the first people to prove that music can be discovered from untapped sources mm -hmm. through the internet. Let's go back to the themes of this record. Transformative, heartbreak, heartbreak. You were thinking about getting married. Yeah. Was that your thoughts? Was that his thoughts? And were you really on the verge of proposing? Yeah. Because I remember you bringing it up to me, but I didn't know. I didn't know how serious it really was. I mean, I knew yeah. it was serious. You felt love deeply, mm -hmm. but I didn't know marriage was on the horizon for somebody I'm looking at who's a fetus still. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had been dating at that point for around nine to 10 months, and I had never, um, I don't know. I think I learned, like, I think true love is really deprioritizing yourself. And there are unhealthy ways that that happens sometimes, too. And I've seen that in relationships. But I think it's really sort of waking up in the morning and putting yourself in the number two slot. And then, you know, having that other person and, and saying, you know, how are they doing? What's going on? And I just had never felt that before. And, and I felt that for him. And, you know, I really thought that we just, we were so together. We were so in sync. And, um, you know, he there were multiple reasons why we were talking about marriage um, and why we had talked about getting engaged and it would have been a really long engagement. Um, but yeah, we were definitely talking about it. We were, what was the reason? Um, well, technically <laughs> he was an international student and um, it's very, very hard for um, students to get jobs after they come and study in the States. Um, so a green card could have really helped him out. I, but that's not, I, I'm like almost regretting that I'm saying that that's no. really not the reason why. Um, but we did talk about that on a, you know, sort of tangible way of, you know, this, this would make a lot of sense. And also too, we, we wanted to do it, but I think our conversations were short in that department, but I started to think about it, um, a bit more serious towards the end. And I had actually started looking at rings, um, about a week before he ended it. Oh, yeah. Ended it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what's tricky about it too, is that there was no, there was no downslope. You know, there was no like, ah, uh, this is coming for a really, no, really yeah. long you time. Could, there was no warning. Yeah. So you had no idea it was coming to an end? None at all. Literally. 
And um, it happened so fast, and I just, yeah, it was not a good time. Is the record yours about you convincing this guy that your love for him is real and strong enough to yeah. withstand any sort of amount of roads that yeah, separate no, the two of you? I actually put it on my, I went on the Genius page, and I made sure that I was very clear. That song's um, <laughs> that song is actually that song is actually about my friends. Ah. It's about me leaving Oklahoma, Oklahoma and saying, no matter how far I am, no matter what's going on, I'm still yours. Two AM calls, oh, it's my nature. I'm a little bit yeah. high, calling to tell you, yeah, that's um, nice. So that one's not about him. Now others on the record, yeah, yeah. Quickly, why? It seems like a lot of people come out here, get successful, and they stay out here and they forget about mm -hmm. where they come from. Why is it important for you to always go back to Oklahoma? Yeah. That was a big, um, when I accepted the deal last year, um, one of the big things that I told myself is I said, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it 100% and you're going to do it on, on your own terms now. You're not going to cut any corners anymore. We don't have time for that. And one of the big things that I told myself was you don't move to LA full time. Mm -hmm. You know that's not a good thing for you, so so don't do it. So I told my manage, management at the time and I said, you know, I'll come to LA for three or four weeks, you know, work. And then I'm going to go back to Oklahoma for a week. And I think I just, I'm, I'm more inspired there in a, in an interesting way. And I think I'm able to realize, I'm able to see the blessings more when I'm out in Oklahoma. Because what we do too, and, and you and I have definitely talked about this, what an amazing life, you know, we have, right? And, and even in you guys in the field that you work oh. in music. But it's very easy to forget out here because this is the, you know, epitome of industry. Everyone's doing something. It's everywhere. Of course. And so for me, like, if I spend too much time in LA, sometimes I find myself, you know, comparing to other artists, looking around at what other people are doing. And then I just start a, my self-confidence kind of dwindles. When I go back to Oklahoma, I feel way more at ease. And I'm really able to sort of sit down at a piano and, and think about, okay, you have a voice. What do you want to say? Do it now and i'm able to just stay in that true mindset more than i am out here but i really i've always said too it's like no shade to la because if i were not in music i would i think i would love to live out here <laughs> yeah because 100%. the weather's great oh it's beautiful this is a wonderful city but it's just the industry's hard out here you know mm -hmm. yeah it's the people yeah. and it's the energy that fills the streets that makes it really difficult yeah and uh, to be honest with you i think you keeping oklahoma in your life in such a heavy way has led to the success of this record because yeah. uh, and this album and all the songs because of how genuine it is and how true it is to you and the fact that you're not clouded by trends or fancy producers who are yeah. in LA or parties that you go to and figuring out who to collaborate uh, yeah. collaborate with when I, I don't know I, I think it really it produces a more real body of work thanks. I think so, too. The other thing you were doing in Oklahoma was you were giving back to the political landscape. You were volunteering like crazy. And to the point of transformative, I, I don't think a lot of people understand, but, like, you are a social advocate. You have the power to do a lot, and you are so smart, and you believe in a real political change from a grassroots perspective, mm -hmm. and you dedicate a lot of time to educating people on what was actually happening in the political world. Yeah. You're turning your back on a lot. Law school, you love school. I did. Yeah. Dude, you loved it. Yeah. You're turning your back on a lot Yeah. to put out portraits, to tour it, to do the cycle. Why? Why is this a story that you needed to tell? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, there were two things, I think two main points um, to it and why I wanted to come back. First, I felt 
I felt like in college I had actually refound my purpose. And that really didn't happen until my second year there. And by the way, I didn't graduate. I'm a dropout. I was going to ask um, you about yeah, that. Which, Rock on. Hardcore, bro. Yeah. Lots of student loans later. Here I am drinking whiskey at... <laughs> Sally Mae owned one, you. Yeah, 1.15 in the afternoon. But, um, you know, I think in my second year of, of school, you know, I was really good at what I was doing there. And I could have, you know, gone on and probably gotten into a really good law school and, and did the thing. And, you know, I was working for a campaign at that point, too. But there was just something about what I was writing and there was something that I was feeling when I was waking up in the morning of like, I just, I almost felt like, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I need to be doing. Um, And then I think I also really thought about um, time and age and just sort of life in in a grander concept. My biggest goals for myself when I left in May is I was like, listen, you're going to be 21 for only so long you're only going to be this age for so long so i was like you know what a year yeah that's, that's the math on that yeah that's things <laughs> so i was like you know what go and make a record put it out you owe that to yourself you owe that to the kid who got all those phone calls at 15 of saying hey we're dropping you hey we're dropping you hey what's up we're dropping you you know we're how leaving. you do it we're dropping yeah. you <laughs> you owe it to that kid go and put a record out if it does well great you know, reassess when it comes out, how you're feeling, how things are going. And if it doesn't, you know what? That's cool too. Go pick it back up somewhere else or, you know, go find a bar and drink whiskey in at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like I just, to me, it, it felt like I I needed to do it. I feel like that's not a hard, that wasn't a hard pill for you to swallow. Yeah. The idea of this album not being successful and the idea of you even not selling out this tour. Yeah, because I've gone through that before. Yeah, yeah you've done it already yeah. and you knew that you had a life waiting for you mm-hmm. that you could flourish at. Yeah. I mean this with love. I'm so happy that one of the first viral moments happened to you because you have your head on your shoulders. That fame could have happened to a lot of people and it could could have gone so differently. Yeah. We've, I've been asked a lot too in, in this cycle, um, you know, people are always very curious. They're like, when you look back at that time, you know, what do you think about? Who do you think about? I really think of my parents, 100%. And I you, remember your dad coming with you to the radio studio. No, but I, and I'm only starting to understand this as I'm getting older, but I really put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Can you imagine what, what you do as a, as a parent? And now when I look back at it, I'm like, how blessed was I? Mm-hmm. Because they were both so calming so um so trusting and and willing to be there and to say you know what do you want to do what where's your mind at and they didn't care about the money they didn't care about anything else going on and you know when I look back at it I'm like wow there are so many times where it could have and it probably should have gone off the rails and and it didn't and that's another thing I owe to Oklahoma though too you know how many people during that beginning phase said Hey, we know you guys love it there, but if if he's gonna really take this seriously, you gotta need to relocate. It. You gotta get gotta get the house here. You gotta gotta let it go. And my parents were like, "No, we'll have a place out here, but we're not we're not gonna do that." Great. And three years later, when <laughs> everyone <laughs> and when everyone dropped me, I was really glad we still had that house. Thank God, you did, know. Did you ever ask him why they made that decision? Well, my sister was still in high school at the time, so I think that was a big indicator. They were like, "No, we're not gonna." Um, completely change our lives but I do think we were just trying to figure out how long term everything was going to be and but again too a lot of people would have just bit down on that and been like Psh, house in Bel Air hell yeah why not let's rock it out let's do the thing and that that is that was like our complete we were we were very cautious of everything 
was there a part of you that knew that it couldn't last forever? Yeah, and I mean, I still like that's that's a that's a big fear even right now. Maybe one of the only ones I have is that you know I'm in a position now. I really don't want to go back to school. I'm having so much fun. I love I you know really love making music right now. I feel so exhilarated by it, and um, you know I love playing these shows too. And so there is a part of me that's like, okay, I really hope it works out this time because I really really want it to, and um, and I don't need like you know my goals are not you know I don't want to walk out of this building and have cameras on me that that's never a big goal that's never you know my dream or have like crazy crazy fame I do want to be able to put on a good show and um you know be an artist that people respects and people respect the work you've and, said that for since we rekindled our friendship yeah you just want to be able to sell out a venue yeah for sure I mean we talked about how important Brandy Carlisle is to me in that story um my goal right now is yeah I just I mean, what an incredible artist and what she's able to do. She has such a devoted fan base because she's so badass and she's proved herself that now she's able to make whatever record she wants because people will come see it. Let's go into this album here. Yeah. Black on Black, great record. <laughs> Thanks. I know that's your favorite from the after party. Obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one where you're like rapping on it? Oh, yeah, yes. A bit. He uh, drops the B word, blunts. <laughs> he brings up the fact that uh, or on your knees, that is a quote from yeah. that. Very grown Whoa. up. Very grown up of you. Whoa. What's the full quote, Zach? Uh, well, I didn't write the full quote. Oh, I just okay. wrote blunts and on your knees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I want to dive into the first uh, one of the first lyrics. I think I've seen you before on a poster that I hung on my door. I always wanted to see just a little more. Now you're lying next to me on my Ooh. floor. Ooh. Ooh. Are you hooking up with somebody who was on your wall at one point? Or, <laughs> Not like, necessarily. You, yeah, who are you singing to? Are you singing about yourself? I think it was just sort of, uh, I think I, I'd begin to notice that it was just, and I mean, I noticed this too in an early part of my career, but it was so crazy, you know, sort of hearing artists and, and seeing artists and admiring them. And then when you'd have the chance to meet them or interact and they like, you make your friends, you know, you do this sort of thing. So I was just thinking about, you know, like what rock star, um, would I be so attracted to? And honestly, I was thinking a lot about Alex Turner, Arctic Monkeys. You gave him a shout uh, out. Yeah, and Shut Up. And then uh, Youngblood to Dominic Harris. And I yeah. remember flipping through all of his photos when we were writing Black on Black. And it's not like specifically about those people, but it was just like this idea of the rock star. Do you, you have a thing for Youngblood? Um, I love his music. I think he's really, really cute too. Um, but <laughs> he's no, a I think crazy. he's a little crazy. In but I also way. think he likes girls, so that's okay too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll associate with you. Yeah, yeah. No, and his music is sick. Yeah, I love the record. Oh, dude. Really, like, rock that I feel like our generation was missing almost. Absolutely. And it also reminds me, too, of a bit of Manson. Yeah. Like, a bit of the things yes. that I was listening to when I, or I was listening to through my brother when I was younger. He has that sort of flair, you know? You don't come across as a Manson type of guy. Really? Yeah. Uh. I guess not today. Yeah, you're right. Um, I actually, yeah, I, I grew up on a lot of rock music and kind of during that, like just during um, that change, I actually studied a lot of um, a lot of his live show, um, okay. even for this tour too. He had great um, onstage presence. Yeah. But yeah, we could party to some Manson, especially with your hair now. I'd yeah, fit right rocket. in, absolutely. Let's do it. I'm in. We know the lady who channels his spirits. Who's that? Uh, her name is Patty Negri. Oh, yeah, she made me cry. Yeah, oh, she wow. goes to his house and, like, it's crazy. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we call witchcraft oh. in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, mama does some witchcraft. I'm telling you, you, you know, get the garlic. Yeah. Uh, you bring up, you were talking about uh, your brother before. Yeah. Planes. It's just a spoken word piece of the album. Yeah. Obviously, important top to bottom to listen to it because they do flow into one another. Um, you're talking about the first time, one of your first shows, you perform at your brother's fat, frat house, and even you duplicate it mm-hmm. in the live show. Why was that spoken word storytelling important yeah. to the overall album? Well, so, um, you know, I've had to see my mom this past year, um, you know, sort of watch as both of her parents have been, you know, sort of deteriorating and, and right. passing away. And it's and it invokes um, this feeling in me, too, where I was really thinking about what her final words to me might be. And that was just really present on my mind for like a week. I remember it. That's all I could think about. And so I just wrote a lot of things down that I was thinking at the time. And, you know, I think what what's so great about my relationship with my mom and, and why I cherish her so much and why when that day comes, you know, I don't even want to think about that, but why I'm going to miss her so much is because there have been so many times where I've called her and, you know, I've wanted a pity card so bad. And I've wanted, you know, I've said, you know, this thing's happening or, you know, this thing in music or this person and money and whatever. And she usually, sometimes she'll maybe throw it out, but it's usually like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Take a breath, calm down, put your head down. How, how can you work through this? And, you know, that that's the whole thing about that interlude is that's a true story. I actually did that at my brother's fraternity house. And I just thought what she said to me in that moment of like, I'm raising you to be a man you know, so be one. And and right now there's this, you know, big cultural conversation of, um, you know, maybe how that can be toxic sometimes, you know, verbiage yeah. like that. And I guess I hear that, but I also too, like, you know, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, really stepping up to the plate and, you know, putting your head down and getting the work done and, and really not, um, yeah, not, not pitying yourself. Like what, what do I have to you know, go home to at night and be like, oh, poor me, you know, do I have to deal through a lot of, you know, BS all the time? Of course, but so do a lot of people. And so that's what I was channeling during that song. And I just thought that story was important um, to hear before. So the idea of moving forward, because then it goes into white roses, right? Yeah. Yeah. And white roses. That's the breakup song. There's a breakup. Yeah. That's, that's about, um, the boy and the, and the ring and all of those things. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, that was probably the hardest song to write on the record for sure. Hard for you to relive? And at what point, like how long after you guys break up, do you have the confidence or the ability yeah. to write that record? It happened, I think, two two or three months after. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, it was so hard, if I'm being honest, because it was just I knew that there was going to be that moment where I would have a little, where I would have enough clarity it was right after I did not, I didn't take care of myself at all. Um, it's funny though, I didn't, um, it's interesting when you're in moments of, you know, sort of like deep lows in your life, how, or at least how I've discovered, you almost don't do the things that you think you'll do, right? So like during that time, you know, I I bring whiskey to your show, you're almost like assuming, oh, I didn't take care of myself. It's like, oh, did you drink yourself? Like silly. No, I didn't. I actually didn't even touch a bottle at all. Like what I did though is, I ran through that breakup and which was <laughs> actually right. the, the worst for me. I think I almost wish I would have picked up the bottle. I, I had no, I had no 
um, sense of mental control at the time. I was so distraught about this and, and couldn't figure it out. Um, so Zach knows the story, but so I would run um, at my track at, at my university. I would run sometimes two two times a day and on a really bad day, three times a day, but I would do like six to eight miles. That's not and, really. Um, it was really bad. Yeah, it's not and good for you. No, and I would run to the point where my legs would like, I'm all the things. And I remember there was one specific time where I fell um, and I fell pretty badly and I was bleeding and I, you know, fell on my knees and, and things. And I remember just thinking like, you cannot do this anymore. And I was losing weight like crazy and it was just a bad time. And what's, what's funny to me about that song is, so if you listen to it, you have verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then you have this bridge moment. But I was only able to write that song when I finally felt like I hit my stride. Um, meaning mentally when I was able to sort of take a step back from that breakup and I felt like, okay, I have, I have a moment. But when I was writing it, I was thinking about when I was running and how I would hear a certain song. And you know how like if you're working out and, and you feel that, and I really wanted that to be emulated within the music. And that's why there's that break point. So for me, that entire song, like from top to bottom, um, it, it's really just me talking about that period of how I went through you know, really sort of utter chaos in my life. I didn't know how to pick it up. I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I chose these outlets, i.e. running through this track, which was very unhealthy. And then finally, by the time that bridge hits, that's the moment of clarity. That's the moment of, okay, I'm picking it up and then oh, wow. able to take a breath and move on. And I, and I too, like, I'm glad I get to explain that because again, too, maybe the listener doesn't pick up on that. But to me, when I listen to it, it's so clear. I just, I see the entire story um, and if you listen to the lyrics too of the bridge, I think it makes sense as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the hardest song to write, uh, 100%. But important for you to get out. Absolutely. Music is a, and I say this in the show too. It's like, as a songwriter, I really don't know any other way to get through this crazy thing that we're all in. I just write, I write through it and, um, and yeah, hope, hope that things turn out. Okay. Hope that people listen. You believe in, uh, democratic change though you know what i mean we are in a Damn lot straight. going yeah. on but, and you know one way to get through is obviously to vent but remember you got to be a part of the system to beat the system absolutely um is that a segue into an into a new topic or is that just a period point <laughs> i was gonna segue into something new okay go into something new okay i have a quick question about that song yeah. did that song help you get over the breakup or no oh absolutely okay. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be here without it um and also too i haven't spoken to him since we broke up not a single word. Wow. Um, has he reached out? I don't know. I blocked him on everything. Good. Do yeah. you want him to hear the record? Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk to him. I don't I don't want to hear from him any, anymore. Even if like you guys could end up getting back together one day? We'll never. we we'll never do that. No, because loyal, loyalty is my only currency. <laughs> and like you, you left me then, you leave me forever. Yeah, we're, um, I don't want to see him ever again. Yeah, and he like left, left. There yeah. was not a single way of contacting each other. Yeah. So why you, why waste your time? Yeah. He probably sees what you're doing though. That's that's okay. I try not to think about that because a lot of people have told me like, and especially especially the album release day when we had that huge billboard up in Times Square, <laughs> they were like, I bet he's seeing that, and and I don't want him to listen to this like I don't want him to take credit in that music. That's not his. That's mine. You know, like I don't want him to be like, oh yeah, that song's about me. Like. You know, I, I don't know. 
But at the same time, I'm also hearing the things I'm saying, and I'm like, well, now that seems like a bit mean. But I just, (laughs) I don't know. It's your story. To anyone listening, it's like, you weren't there. I was. (laughs) It was hard. (laughs) You weren't on that track. I was. Um, Yeah. Uh, Bleed You Still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun record. Uh, People say just start as friends, but it ain't easy to pretend. Are you... It sounds like you're professing your love to somebody. Yeah, I think that record's actually the most, like, um, that that record's about a bedroom moment, for sure, of, you know, like, um, you're, yeah, you're just sort of, you'll be the oxygen I breathe under the covers if you need, like, yeah, and I, um, I, yeah, we shouldn't talk too much but about that one. Even huh? if you're loving <laughs> leaves, I'll bleed you still. You're, uh-huh. t- but you're. It's it's weird. The one thing I picked up in the lyrics is that you're talking in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're talking to somebody, but you you're not loving them. You will be. You can be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to turn a bedroom moment into something more? I think you're on the money. Yeah. Huh. Is this the same person who broke up with you? Maybe. Maybe not. Okay, so yes. Are you <laughs> the one who took a one-night stand and pl- saw that seed? This might be about someone different. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, 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 time out, time out. Uh, yeah, stop the clock. It's getting very hot here. Ooh. It is getting a little warm, isn't I it? I need some more whiskey. <laughs> it's me. Um, okay. Oh, no, keep asking questions well, about it. I want to know if it's the same person or not, and even if it is not... You did. Was there a real tangible moment where you actually professed or tried to convince somebody to turn a one night stand into something more? Yeah, absolutely. Did it turn into anything? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this one too much. This one is too. Okay. I can't. And I, I almost it's a feel. Deep record, dude. I almost feel like you know why I don't want to talk about it based on conversations we've had. Oh. But I don't know yeah. if I, I mean to be honest, like we have one friend that has loose lips. Um, <laughs> remember, loose lips sing ships. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's this. I don't. I don't know. But what's wrong with turning a one night stand into a, a real relationship? N- nothing. And Dan. it's a it's a beautiful <laughs> thing when it when it happens. And what that record is about is is too is like me realizing what I was being viewed as to this other person, and it's sort of me saying like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold up. Like, I can give you that moment, that ecstasy moment, 24-7 if you stick around. And and not just in, a, in like, a sexual, like, bedroom way. It's more or less of, like, I can give you something that you want to stick around for. Yeah. So it's like a plea, that song. Um, but it is about someone different than um, the other boy who's the, the deeper heartbreak. So I just want to know if it was f- successful. I just want to know if your plea paid off. Not really. Okay. It didn't work out. And that's okay. That happens too. Temporary. But does that hurt? Yeah, but this one was a bit, it was a bit more different. I don't think, I went through two relationships last year. Um, The one that ended that we've talked about a lot. And then one that was much shorter that was towards the end of the year, Mm -hmm. which I actually am like, okay with. Um, It ended, but it was, it was okay. Like it, um, it just, we were on different paths and like things like that happen sometimes. Um, but I still wrote about it, of course. Different paths meaning life, right? What you were yeah. looking for? Yeah, 100%. But I actually, the way that it was handled was far, far better than the first one was. And I actually respect this person a lot. And it's it's okay. By the way, one night stands. I feel like the success rate of a one night stand turning into something that is a legitimate, meaningful relationship 
is not super high. Well, no, but and, I mean, you never know until you try it. And I, I'm not just saying it as a 25 year old virgin in the room, <laughs> but like <laughs> hooking up, like like going all the way. First time you meet somebody, second time you meet somebody, you literally blow your load. So, like, there's <laughs> nothing left to build up to and work towards. Do you what? get what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I disagree, kind of. Go ahead. I think sometimes you just, oh, you feel it immediately. And so you have to, it's like you not need even a it choice. more. It's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but don't you question things that make you feel that way? Hell no. I support it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Molly really gave me quite a ride. <laughs> really put me <laughs> oh, in another level. Oh, I did not level. say that. No. Oh, yeah. Do not support drug usage. <laughs> Come on. But it's like, I, maybe this is the this is the, the mentality <laughs> I need to be adapting in my life to, uh, you know, I don't know, find love. Lose the V card? Well, just be open to one night stands. Usually I'm very uh, hesitant about it. Well, okay, hold options. on. This is this. Okay, I think this is going off the rails. Hold on. I have a few <laughs> points. I have a few points. I think, okay, there are, everything is individualistic. Everything is case by case. Me relating back to this song, it was something that I think there was an intention of like, okay, this is only going to be a one night thing. It turned into something longer, and that's because mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of wanted it to, and and you I think you did it. too, and I and I proved him some things. Um, wow. In your situation, though, again, too, like, I don't know. I I support a one night stand, and I support someone like doing something with another human that they actually like though and that they're actually like this person like if you go out on a great date and you're there and it's like hour four oh yeah then it's cool to be like okay maybe we should have sex right now there's nothing wrong with that because you've obviously connected with that yeah. person but if you're like sitting down at like volcano for like 45 <laughs> oh minutes God. and then like all of a sudden someone <laughs> is just like yeah let's go back to your house probably yeah. don't do it you know like <laughs> Every case is individualistic. And no shade wrong. to Volcano, but why are you there? Like, all of these things, you know? Just be careful out there. By the way, I, I'm, I'm game for the four-hour thing. Yeah. But, like, you you going to talk to me for 20 minutes? Uh, it's a little weird. Yeah. And I've been on enough, like, bad dates to be like, oh, my God. Like, has it been an hour yet? Like, I'm ready to get out of here. Are you actively dating? Um, eh, I don't know. What motivates that? Is it your want to find love? Is it your want to live life? Is it your want for inspiration? I just think I'm really sick of boys. I really think, and I don't mean that on like an age like level or spectrum or anything. I'm just really sick of um, people my age who have not grown up. And I'm ready to meet a man, 100%. Mm. Wants a man. Oh, yeah. No, not in that way. But just someone who knows himself, who's confident in themselves, and who is not afraid to like... um, Because the older I'm getting, the more I'm discovering like... No relationship is perfect. It's work. You have to like devote yourself. And I think for me, I want someone who's going to stick around. And I'm not really interested in um, just sort of dabbling around here and there. But at the same time, I'm like barely in a city for more than 48 hours these days. So it's difficult. Well, you um, want a man who can travel with you. You want a man who's yeah, going to be there. Yeah, maybe. The, the song yours applies. Yeah. So, you know, but we'll we'll see. Right now, I'm kind of I'm kind of married to the record and married to the show and and that's cool too. I went I went through enough last year where I'm like pretty content with being alone right now. I wish I was the same. <laughs> Spend too much time alone. Seasons 19. Beautiful record. Thanks. Move forward like the seasons. It's really a great message. My life mantra probably for sure. I mean, there's many many moments where you could have just tapped into the sidelines yeah. and you didn't. 
at all. I mean, to rewrite our stories past, uh, oh, uh, not looking back to rewrite our stories past, I gave up years ago. I mean, it's a life record for you, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. And that was the record that we put out to um, the summer that I had left music right when I was going into college. Um, we put it out independent, like threw it up on TuneCore. And, oh, wow. Um, and it became, but a different version of it. And it became like a fan favorite. And then we had this idea of when this record came around of of reproducing it. And, and I really liked the idea. And then I wrote a new verse um, for it that was sort of like my like catch up basically to the fans to say this is where I've been. Um, and that's actually one of my favorite parts of the show too. Because um, that's like the first moment after that verse where it kind of breaks and I jump around and sort of an entrance into hey it's going to be a fun night it would you say it kind of summarizes a little bit of everything and absolutely to me it's um and especially that verse too you know the ending line of it of the new verse that i wrote for it is i wish he would love me in the way that i loved him um and you know obviously after everything we've talked about today you know that was so reflective of my last year and um yeah it feels like my life record and i still that's probably the one i'm not really listening to the album that much anymore obviously because just heard it so many times and you're playing it playing it yeah and doing that too but um there have been any any moments where in the past few weeks where i felt a little down in my mind or a little nervous or anxious for how things were going to go i put on that record a lot what about a record that updates it stays the same but it updates with every album it's kind of a good idea right maybe there's going to be a seasons 20 seasons 22 seasons Ooh. 84 keep moving forward with the seasons yes yeah. Uh, shut up. That's the first record on the album. Yeah. Uh, I cannot hold my tongue. You give me much to say. I'm sweating bullets. Nervous that you push, push away. away. <laughs> and when your eyes catch mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want, I can, uh, if you ever want to do just like a, a spoken, spoken word, word version, <laughs> I'll give you my person's contact. Okay. Uh, this is you coming eye to eye with somebody who's just beautiful. Who's, what lyrics started this record? Okay. Also, too, just talking to you guys now, like, I'm so nervous about reading the comment section of this because I feel like I feel like people are going to be like, wait, how many guys did you see last year? Holy crap. Wow. How many was it? Um, 27. 27. Um, oh, that's, a, that's actually a new low for him. Wow. I'm not that type of person, really, at all. But I guess now, if I'm going to be completely honest, I guess, yeah, last year was interesting. Um, I was in Israel. And I was working, um, yeah. You I was, were with some super smart genius man. Yeah, with some super smart genius man. And like, you know, whenever you're like sort of in, um, like when you're just in it with someone and you really, really like them, maybe on this date that's four hours long before <laughs> before you end up back wherever you end up and you just like them so much and you don't want the conversation to die. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I wrote Shut Up About. And so, yeah, there was this guy in Israel and, um, we were on the same dig site together. I was studying archaeology at the time. And oh, sweet. So we were working on this site, and and I just thought he was so cool, and I was just talking circles around him, and we only kissed. It was a very, like, PG-13 thing, but, um, yeah, when I was in the airport coming back, um, I just wrote all those words down, all the lyrics that you just read. Oh, wow. I just wrote them down and didn't have music at the time for them, and then uh, came back to L.A. and then and then finished the song, but... Um, yeah, like when your eyes catch mine, oh, I know I talk I, too much, so give me your two lips and baby, I'll shut up. Like Sounds better when yeah. I read it, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't stop yeah. talking? Oh, no. I, I mean, I just, anytime the conversation was about to lag and I almost felt like you might go talk to someone else, I'd be like, so God, like... <laughs> 
religion. That's that's yeah, that's crazy, right? Like the theory of life, like or some random war. Like yeah, what do you think about that war? Like what whatever I could bring up, just to keep him there, so we could keep on talking. You know, it's like yeah, that was definitely the thing, but kind of romantic in Israel. It was a cool moment. Are you a leather guy? You, you give a uh, your style, your arms. Yeah, wrapped in leather. Makes me want you forever. Um, yeah, I guess so. I I have a lot of leather in my in my closet for sure. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what that says about somebody. He's I don't know. know. He's not a vegan. <laughs> He's from Oklahoma. That's I right. actually don't eat meat though. Oh really? That is correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I'm not a vegan. Do you eat meatless things? Like um, meatless meats? No, not really. I I don't know. Oh. I kind of think that's I I'm almost a bit freaked out by like and especially places in LA too, where they'll be like. Oh, it's like a a vegan chicken or something. But it bleeds. And it's just weird. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, um, I'm not really, I don't know. It's a bit strange to me. No, no, no. It is the future of meat eating and it will help us in solving global warming. Meatless worlds are the future. Seriously, cows, manure, ozone. You know, you're right. You're right. But the one thing I really do miss about now not eating meat is I freaking love chicken wings so (laughs) much. And I really do miss them a lot. But um, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I I can help secure you amazing chickenless chicken wings that it will be hard for you to tell the difference. I, I don't know, though, but I I'm think it's you. also... Is the texture really similar? Yes. No, then I don't want well, it. Because no. that's, uh, that's 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 weird. What if I just... We'll go out to eat and I won't even tell you. What about cauliflower wings? I'm oh, down for that. Delicious. Yeah. They're thanks, so Dan. Good. You guys. Dan's so cool. <laughs> I like Dan a lot. <laughs> that's what I keep hearing I bet these Dan, days. I bet Dan would text me back when I texted him. <laughs> If you ever text me, I'll text you back right away. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, I'm. All We're I'm, gonna start hanging out. I'm gonna post it all over my Instagram story. <laughs> I'll cry. You want to see me cry? I'll send you photos of me crying myself to sleep. At least I'll send you a photo. At least I'll text you back. Yeah, I know. And yeah. then I'll just tag you really small, but then I'll put it in the corner just so no one else sees it. But you, I get specifically blows up your inbox. Yeah. yeah. Just let Dan steal my friend. <laughs> Add it to the list. Um, uh, but I'm telling you, meatless eating, meat, okay. meatless things are, just try it. Just okay. go in with an open mind. Okay, okay. We want to move If it means this. me and you hanging out, then yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm here so for much. it. <laughs> um, hey, lights, Who who's speaking in that? Yeah, so that one's fun, right? That yeah. little interlude. Um, I had just landed in Vegas. I was um, going to meet my friend. I think I've told you I'm a really big Arcade Fire fan. Um, I love Arcade Fire. I've been wanting to see them since I was like little, little, little. And um, they were playing Life is Beautiful. My friend and I got tickets. And so I was just coming from LA and I had landed in Vegas and it was the first time I was going to be in Vegas after turning 21. And I got in the cab and this woman was just incredible, like amazing. I have to sit in the front seat because I get car sick sometimes if I'm in the back seat for too long. So like any cab or Uber situation is usually a, I get to know these people, which I don't love, but you know, it's better than Stories. throwing up. And she just started talking and about her, you know, life in Vegas. And, and we were, she was just telling me about how, you know, when she gets these really beautiful ladies in the car, she always tells them, go to this place because... They have the Chippendales. And then I said, well, what's the best strip club in Vegas? And she just went on. And I just recorded it. And I remember getting to my hotel and meeting my friend there. And I said, I'm going to use this for something. And my friend was like, yeah, good good luck. Like, you're never going to use that. 
And then, you know, months later, I, I sent her the record and she was like, damn it, you really did use that. That's insane. But I just, I love that. Do you ask this woman for permission? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, and now I feel like I'm going to get sued now because of this interview. No, no, no. Knocking on wood, you're fine. Keep going. Yeah. But I hope, I think we had a good enough connection. I did not ask her for permission. She did not know I was recording. Um, and I hope she doesn't see this interview and I hope she never hears the interlude. And I hope it just <laughs> lives on its own. Why was it important to put that in yeah. there? Like, I just thought it was really fun and really interesting. It has no significance to the song yeah. whatsoever. Um, well, I actually will say you're coming out of White Roses. Yeah, You're coming out of this super, you know, we've talked about it, super heavy thing. And I thought it was a great entrance into a song that's light and airy and more fun. And I just, I loved it. What does it go into? Is it? It goes into Black on Black. Mm, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. My record. Yeah. Uh, Timekeeper, great record too. Thanks. What is the sound at the top of that song? Is that like an airport or a train station? Yeah. So I had um, another voice memo moment. I um, was in the UK um, for a connecting flight and just really liked the way this voice sounded and did the thing and... Um, yeah. But it kind of follows a little bit through the record, right? It appears yeah. at the back end of it. Yeah, so it appears um, in Seasons. Seasons goes directly into Timekeeper. Um, Whoa. And yeah, so that sound just carries it through into the next song. So there are obvious connection points yeah. between record to record. Mm -hmm. Do you share the same audio or sounds often? Um, no, it was really... And again, too, this was something that I just... I really, when thinking of making an album... You know, I really wanted something that I felt like top to bottom you could listen to. And I spent weeks and months of tedious listening, going, thinking about track listing. That was like mad, mad, mad important to me and not really that important to anyone else. I don't think in the in the team, but it was just like something that I really didn't feel a sense of ease until I locked it down. Because it was so important to me just because I'm an album fan. I love like. When someone releases a record, I really, I never want to shuffle anything because I'm assuming that there's an intention to how they're falling. And so for me, I think Seasons Going Into Timekeeper 2, it just marks two completely different sides of me. Timekeeper is a very angsty sort of, I'm mad at you thing and Seasons is it's very self-reflective um, thing. And I really like the dichotomy of them and just sort of how it was different in this contrast. And, and I was like, well, what can I bring them together with? And I was like, huh move forward like the seasons i have this train memo i love this guy's voice um let's let's see if it works and it did love love i mean that's like you had no idea you're gonna use that train sound no but this is the thing i record like any anything that i hear that i think's cool like um i'll just get it down and, and i might use it but i feel like it's meant to be recorded because yeah. when you're recording that sound, do you know the story you're looking to tell between those two records? Do you even know that those no. records exist? I don't even know if when we did the Vegas interlude, if Black on Black had been written yet. I don't think it had been. But it was just, how can you not record her saying that? You know, like, <laughs> she was just this, like, fantastic, wonderful um, woman. And just what she was saying was just so funny. was just so cool to me. Um, two floors of ladies and one floor full of Chippendales. And then she's all, yeah, she's saying towards the end, she's like, I always tell the ladies, I say, go find the Cuban guy over there. He wants to give you a lap dance. Like, come on. Did you find him? Um, no, no, I didn't. I did find Arcade Fire that weekend. Though. Oh, so no strip club. Best show of my life. No, uh-uh. Mm. Never did that. Next time, right? Yeah, no, I don't think that's really my speed. Well, you know what? I got to give you credit. Was there confidence? Like, you take your shirt off in the middle of your show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah. 
Yeah, hell yeah. You yeah. go from white to black on black. Yeah. I, I Mature, grown-up Grayson once again. Yeah, I, I try not to think. And, and anytime I see a photo online of it, I'm like, oops, swipe, swipe, swipe. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to look <laughs> at it. I pretend like you don't exist. But I that was a moment to... Um, I had watched a lot of... Um, Remember, did you ever watch um, Gaga when she did the Gaga Visions? I, like the early, early, there were vlogs that she did when she was on, like, on the club tour. So this is, like, circa 2008, 2010. No, but now I know what I'm watching. Oh, yeah, here. you have to go back. There's these amazing vlogs, and, and it would oh. show her club show. And so when I was thinking a lot about this tour, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of money for production and, you know, a whole different series of things. And I was like, how can I make the show feel big? Like, what are the things that I can do? Take your shirt off. The interludes really helped. Well, no, 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 <laughs> but the, the taking of the shirt off is not, it, it's introing that song and, and, you know, by me, like, showing myself because that song is more sexual than the other songs on the record. But what it serves as is it serves as, like, it, it's you're going into the next act mm-hmm. in the show. Because um, yeah, then I, get, I go into 21, then it's good as gold. And so for me, it was like, this is a great interlude. Like, this is just a great intermission. For me to really stand in front of the audience, say, okay, you've seen me now for 45 minutes, and you're seeing me a bit more intimately. I'm about to sing you this song, which is very, very intimate. And then, you know, we go on to the rest of the show. I love the shirts. Every city gets yeah. its own shirt. Spray painted in my parents' garage. Love it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So you made them all ahead of time? Um, I'm, I've been making them in chunks because <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't really pack light. So I'm about to hop on a flight right after I finish up with you guys back to Oklahoma. But I have, I have three suitcases. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and they're all, so that when I left Oklahoma for tour, both of them, the first one was 58 pounds. What are you, and then the second one was like 56. And I got? looked, um, too many clothes. And I looked um, to the woman and she was like, is there any way that you can get them below? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay. <laughs> Just like <laughs> stitch them up. And put them back. But so I, then I had to start doing the shirts in chunks. Not that like eight more white t-shirts is what's taking up the weight. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I really I need, need to all hold. the production. No, it's probably like the 80 leather jackets and the boots <laughs> and like <laughs> those are probably the things taking it up. Oh, Grace well, and Chance. Well, what? We keep talking about this like adult grown. You're a man now. Yeah. Does it bother you when people still like Grace and Chance? Isn't he the kid that sung on Ellen 10 years ago? I would, it doesn't bother me. It's just like, wow, how do you have that memory? Yeah, that's me. Like, um, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but it's just, I'm really sick and tired of talking about it. I'm sure you are. It's like, just, you know, talk to me about my record. It would, again, too, like, and then when people come back at me and they're like, well, it's a part of your story. Dan, let's talk about what you were doing 10 years ago. Do you want to talk about that right now? Not at all. No, of course not. It almost means nothing. Yeah, and again, too, it's not that I'm ashamed. It's not that I regret anything. Man, I'm so proud of that video. Oh, my God, it gave me the career I have now. Yeah. But it's just like, it, it was 10 years ago. It's old news. We have a lot better things to talk about. It shouldn't be the focus of any discussion. Mm-hmm. But I do think it serves a purpose to mention the fact that you were one of the... Dude, you changed virality in the way we looked at YouTube. Of course. Now, that's okay. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation. But when I get questions like... Um, you know, did did you ever talk to the girls in the audience, you know, after, or did you ever do like this or that? I'm just like, come on, really? We're still on that? Okay. 
Yeah. I remember watching you on the Miranda Cosgrove tour at PNC Bank Art Center. Back in the day, I wasn't taking my shirt off then. Yeah, your tiny ass was behind <laughs> yeah. the piano. Right like where a, I belonged. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> like underneath. Still put on a good show, though. I Yo, think. your fingers moved like nobody's <laughs> business. I remember watching you perform and going backstage and, like, you know, you were you were the opener, so you, you didn't have the fanciest dressing room, but you were like no, a little never. bit underneath. Yeah. And I remember the 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 the, the separation between the uh, the headliners dressing room at PNC Bank Art Center and me the in opener. like the closet. Dude, yeah. you were like downstairs in a dungeon, yeah. and Miranda's in like this lofty yeah. with fake stars in the sky. Yeah. It was all wood panels, nice. Yeah. But I remember seeing your mom, and I go, "Yo, the way your son plays the piano is unlike anything I've ever seen." Am I staring at the next generation, Elton John? Because the way your fingers move, bro. And the one thing, this show, not a lot of you behind a piano. I think it's like five or six songs. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. How does that instrument play into the artist you want to become? That's a really good question. Well, without it, I can't write. I mean, I write everything to piano. Um, and and even when we get into you know more tech sided things or if things turn towards sense like it all starts with with that um, aspect. But I think I don't know for this show and just for where I'm at now, I I feel way more comfortable than I've ever felt on stage. Um, and I like being up in front of the crowd and and sort of with them. But I think it will always be. You'll never come to a show and not see me on keys at one point. I'm never gonna completely kill that. And also too, I think there will be moments in the future where you're gonna come to a show and I'll probably be on piano more um maybe than 50 percent of the show it just depends where where the next next thing takes me i've already started writing for the next one giddy up giddy up let's go where are we at yeah. how, how many records you got a few cool yeah see like by the way you're more comfortable on stage because it's your music it's genuine yeah. to you finally it took it took a while and the piano is just a vessel to help create your tunes it's true it's true Give me, just solely me, mm-hmm. an album that is mostly piano. Okay, I can do that. What are you doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> I'm heading to Oklahoma, actually. You wanna, cool, me too. What are the chances? But uh, I'm a vegetarian. I can't eat steak. <laughs> Dan, final thoughts? Yes. Yeah. So you now have this like deep, hot, manly voice. Thanks, man. <laughs> I could listen to- Appreciate that. Oh, yeah, do that again, Mark. Do that again. <laughs> no. Do that again for me. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. I was thinking about all the weirdos like ASMRing to your voice during this. What's going on? Yeah, you. Can. How are you guys? Wait, it's like the weird. I really hate that. You'd be <laughs> That's good at it. So though. creepy. So you good. have like the perfect voice for it. Relax. What? Sleep. Keep going. <laughs> don't vote for <laughs> ex candidate. You who just don't like. <laughs> you start brainwashing people. Yeah. But I did have a real question. Yes, Did please. that affect or scare you moving forward with music because it's not the 14-year-old voice you're used to or not used to, you had? Or did you have to figure out how to treat it differently? Yeah, I, I, it changed on the road um, when I was like 15. Also probably another reason why I got dropped so quickly after that. I think they were probably all like, oh, no. You can't sing anymore. Yeah. Is that like an ageist thing? Are they against puberty? Like- <laughs> kind of, I guess. Yeah, it's extremely scary. You have to... Um, the best way that I can sort of uh or the best like metaphor i can apply for it is it would be like if you're a painter and you have this um you have this great set of brushes right that you've been using for a long 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 time and then all of a sudden you're handed just a completely new thing of brushes it's not that you don't know how to use them 
It's just you have to retrain yourself with these with this with these new tools and and figure it out. Okay. And and that's how it was. My voice has finally probably in the last year settled completely. Um, but male male voices actually don't settle until 22, 23 years old. Oh. Around there. So I'm stuck with what I got. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't notice it if you're not singing all the time. But I've even if you listen back to a record that I did maybe a year year or two ago to where I'm am now, um, you can hear it. And probably because there's a few packs of Marlboros in between there too. But. <laughs> yeah. That timber though you got. Yeah, I'm like really tempted now to just like talk super low for the rest of this, dude. I just I want to <laughs> hear your voice often. Man, I'm, you, I'm into it. I like that deep voice. Oh, <laughs> wow, you smoke cigarettes. I really don't actually though. I quit. Um, I quit a. I guess. Well, I've had some missteps. I like officially quit. Quit like eight or nine months ago. Good. Yeah. Easy. No, absolutely not. What are you supplementing with? Um, I do the stupid e-nicotine things sometimes. Okay. Um, but those are those are probably just as bad for you, I think, in a way. Definitely. Yeah. At your worst. Were you smoking a pack a day? What were you doing? Oh, no, 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 never. Maybe like three or four to okay. on like a night when I was drinking, maybe six. Got it. Yeah. By the way, smoking cigarettes while running, that is like a terrible combination. The best cigarette that you will ever smoke is right after a good run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from all the torture you just put yourself yeah. through. <laughs> Tell you right here. It's worth it. But no, seriously, I think like one of my biggest regrets, but the thing is, is like, Cigarettes will always have that aesthetic where, you know, when you're young and you're 15 or 16, it's like the bad thing to do. It's like, don't get caught. I so wish I would have never picked that up. It's a horrible habit. Do not smoke. Let's put something else in that, uh, that vice category. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what, what what could we get replace cigarettes with that young people would be like, Ooh, I'm going to be a badass if I do this. Well, now it's the jewel, but that's just as bad. Don't do jewels. Help people. Help people. Vegetables. Smile at a stranger and eat a Brussels sprout. If you really want to be a badass. Damn straight. A message that I support. Come on. Hey, I'm inviting myself to uh, your pride shows. Please, please do. It's going to be a really fun summer. You're doing LA Pride. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. It's really my first, um, yeah, this will be my first time to, well, on this tour too, you know, I've met, um, you know, so many um, fans within the community and it's been so cool. And this will be like my first uh, big thing with anything like, I mean, LA Pride's a big deal, you know, so it it feels cool to sort of introduce myself to the grander um, community. It's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I'm like, excited, and the gays like you. I th- I think so. I saw them at the Roxy. They, they came they out. They were there. Yeah, <laughs> they showed up. They, yeah, they, they support. Yeah, they were there for sure, which is nice. The, the, does that make you feel whole in a sense, right? Yeah, you know, I think um, there was one. Uh, I, I call him a kid, but I think he was probably my age. Um, he came to the show in New York, and right after, I was reading uh, through some of my Instagram DMs and. He sent me a message and, um, yeah, I think he was my age and, and he said, Hey, just so you know, I saw the show tonight. Um, I've been waiting to come out to my family for a few years and something about the way you played, I did it tonight. And so then he told me that he was going to be at the Boston show a few weeks later. And I said, I, I have to meet you, you know, you have to come back. And we talked for like 30 minutes um, before I went on set that, or before I went on stage that day. And, um, it just was really really cool um cool to just meet him and, and hear how the music inspired him and um to think that yeah, at the end of the day what do what do i have to pity myself for you know it's like um it's really cool to see that that's happening and and to be able to have that contribution it felt really really good it matters yeah 100 percent. 
Portraits, totally worth your ear. Mm-hmm. Please listen to it. It's really, it's a phenomenal album. Grace Thanks. and Chance, I love you. Hey, I love you too. And seriously, thank you so much for having me back on. I've been talking to Zach about this for so long and it feels really cool to be here and um, yeah, to actually have something to promote. Feels my, nice. My door is always open to you as long as you don't socially associate with Dan. Okay. <laughs> that is, <laughs> hang out with Dan once. Okay. I'm going to put a lock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks so much, guys. No, Thank I love you. you. I, let's do this for years to really come. Too, Grace and Chance. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.